the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in to the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything that's on your mind, though, you can call. If you were just listening to the Armstrong and Getty show and they're talking about polygamy and you want to talk about polygamy, hey, bring it on. I'll see if I care. I don't know if I will or won't, but all topics are welcome as long as you're not a conspiracy nut. (laughs) Bob, Bob's a conspiracy nut from yesterday. Just conspiracy nuts. Stay at home. That's all that I ask. 800. 345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I've got a show for you today that's that's so good, I I doubt that it's really my show, to be quite honest with you. I'm a little shocked by this. Going to talk with Kim Commando, and we all know Kim Commando is the digital goddess lady, but what what we're going to talk about is fascinating. It's about technology that you can put inside your homes that you can spy on yourself. It's an interesting topic. It's an interesting topic. Spy on a loved one. Spy on your baby. Spy on your nanny. Spy on your dog. What does your dog do when you leave? Does he get into the cabinets? Does he pull out your cigars? Does he smoke them? Well, scratch that. Also today, I'm going to be talking with Linda Descano. Who is that? She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. And we're going to be talking about ladies and money. And we're going to be talking about fantasies that women have tied towards money. Number one fantasy for a woman is tied towards money. Number one fantasy for a man is tied towards sex. Me? Myself? I've combined the two. It might be a maphrodite. I'm not quite sure. I'll tell you my fantasy a little later in the show. Maybe you can tell me your number one fantasy. I wonder if it is sexually driven or if it's money driven. So I'll have to ask. I've got two ladies today. I'll have to be careful how I ask this question because I don't want a lawsuit raining down on me. But Heidi runs the board. And we've got someone, I think her name is Laura Beth. Is that right? Laura Beth, the two-named intern. And you can see Laura Beth right now if you go to talk910.com, talk910.com. She's she's manning the phones, and uh, she's got her face right in front of the camera. So if you haven't seen a woman in a long time, this is your opportunity. You can no longer see Heidi's neck because uh, Laura Beth's face is there. Anyway, um, what are your fantasies? I, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing that. I'm going to talk a little Pepsi today. I'm going to talk a little uh, Philip Morris Two stocks that we both know, two stocks that we understand, right? Pepsi is Gatorade, Pepsi is Doritos, Pepsi is Pepsi. Philip Morris is cigarettes outside the United States. I think we can understand that. Pretty easy stocks to talk about. They both reported numbers. But to me, there's a, there's a radio topic. Today could be one of those radio topic days that I find intriguing. I find curious. I find interesting. There's an article in the New York Times today, and the, the headline kind of grabbed me. Report warns Silicon Valley could lose its edge. 
kind of grabs you, right? Especially when you live in Silicon Valley and you're reading the New York Times. So the report, it's an article, but it's based on a report, okay? Silicon Valley's economy is sputtering and it risks permanently stalling. First and foremost, what would that do? It's a great question, right? If our economy continues to sputter and the rest of the United States recovers, our home values are getting trashed. I own a home, so I care. I've got a job in the Bay Area, so I care. So part of the toll on Silicon Valley has resulted from the recession, of course. The region is the center of the global technology industry. It's lost 90,000 jobs from the second quarter of 2008 to the second quarter of 2009. So we've lost 90,000 jobs. Let's just say the average Silicon Valley job, you know, around $100,000. You can see 100000 times 90 is big dollars. Big part of our economy has just been burned. Unemployment here is higher than it is at national levels. It's the worst um, it's been. Technology companies are still recovering from the dot-com implosion. The drop in the number of mid-level jobs, the engineers who drive a lot of the Valley's growth has been the sharpest, the sharpest drop. And when companies do hire, they are cautiously hiring independent contractors instead of regular employees, and they're hiring abroad. So the question is, do you think Silicon Valley will recover? Now, to give you a... Do you think we'll find our shine again? To give you a little bit more on this article, it talks about other economic indicators, also gloomy. It says, we see no evidence of the recovery that it's arrived. One of the Valley's measures of success. Now, a lot of people look at success on Wall Street, like how well is Wall Street doing by the sizes of the bonuses? So, or box office sales in Hollywood, for instance. How's LA doing? Box office sales. You could kind of like tie that region to something as far as success goes. So Silicon Valley is tied towards success by the number of patents received and the number of IPOs. Patent registration dipped slightly in 2008. IPOs have dropped to the lowest level since the 1970s. So we're not starting new companies here. We're not innovating. Venture capital, the, the, the money that goes into startups, venture capital financing shrank 37% from 2008 to 2009. Commercial vacancies up 33%. Remember that statistic we did a couple months ago? That there's equivalent of 15 Empire State Buildings empty on the peninsula as far as office space goes? Now, the pessimism in this side of the report is by no means the prevailing view. If you walk around the Bay Area, people talk about how great it is and how it'll always come back. It's because it's always come back. When you walk around the Bay Area, you could see innovation. It, it oozes here. The Apple iPhone, Twitter, they continue to pump out new products and new ideas. Innovation continues unabated. That's the optimism. Now, this report points to a lot of pessimism. Moore's law persists as $1,000 worth of computing power doubles every 15 months or so. So innovators, they keep marching along. Still, if we're going to see Silicon Valley advantage weekend, residents may no longer be willing to put up with the ultra-expensive homes. We have ultra-expensive homes. Honestly, again, a million-dollar home on the peninsula is a lower-middle-class home almost anywhere else in the nation. But it puts you next to great schools. No, no, it doesn't. Our public schools are the worst in the nation. Louisiana beats us. Louisiana beats us. Doesn't that upset you? Mississippi. The state where they go, I mean, they're so backwards, they're hillbillies. Oh, it kills me. Because we were like, but we got good public schools. No, we don't. Our public schools stink. And it's going to get worse with our budget. It's like Soho. Started out very low-key, cheap place to do art. Now it's expensive and an artist wouldn't go anywhere near Soho. It's the same here. So people have stayed 
you know, for a reason, but entrepreneurs have many other options today. They can go elsewhere to fund startups. You see the success in, in Seattle. You see the success in New York uh, City, Silicon Alley, as it's called. Even when the trauma of financial crisis subsides, Silicon Valley could still be at a bigger risk due to more, more data. 60% of the region's scientists and engineers are foreign-born. So 60% of the smart people are foreign-born. The smart people, the people that make the products, the people that design the products. Foreign immigration in the region's down 34%. Home countries are luring foreigners back, while the United States government's our policies are making it tougher for them to stay. So to combat this huge brain drain, California's going to have to do a better job educating students. And with our budget deficit, I don't think it's going to happen. We're not going to be able to live on global talent forever. However, 5% fewer high school graduates are meeting requirements to, to enter state universities. So our students are not being able to go to universities. I love universities. I love colleges because they train young people, hopefully, for high-paying jobs. High-paying jobs creates taxes. The number of science and engineering degrees has leveled off and state general funding and spending on higher education dropped 17% last year. So the report, it talked about green technology. Like a lot of people in the Silicon Valley say, well, we're going to lead the world in green technology. Well, it's not really going to happen. And, and green's not like semiconductors. So factories that once made chips are now being revamped to do solar panels. Sure, I get it, right? Venture financing of green technology is down 37%. Green technology is very capital intensive, whereas with technology, it's very IP, intellectual property intensive. Silicon Valley is failing to compete as intensely as other communities for federal stimulus grants. And see, that's where green technology really gets off. You have to have a federal partner. Silicon Valley's poor economic health is going to affect the nation as a whole. We are a barometer for the rest of the country, and we're struggling. So the question that I ask you today, and again... I've got the Pepsis. I've got the, the stocks. I, I got all sorts of content for you today. But that New York Times article, it rattled me. It rattled me in a good way. It reminded me that sometimes you can get a little bit too arrogant. Hey, I love the city that I live in. I pay a premium to live there. And when I see someone outside of Silicon Valley tell me that you might want to watch out there, Black. Your home might drop in value. You might want to watch out there. Jobs may not come up. You know, the, the tech jobs that we're losing and replacing them with basically glorified plumbers. People can get on your roof and install a solar panel. But you got to get a lot of government money involved in a situation like that so the profits aren't very attractive. So today, we're going to talk ladies. We're going to talk women in investing. We're going to talk technology. I've got some uh, stock ideas for you, too. If you want to comment on this New York Times article, you can do it in one of three ways. Drop me an email, robertrobblack.com. Robertrobblack.com. I'll read your email on air. You the live blog, talk910.com, talk910.com, and hit the big Rob Black head that says blog, and or you can call the show, which is what I would prefer, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black Show. Is California dying? 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk.
segment for the ladies only. Brilliant designer Alexander McQueen found dead. <laughs> yes, that's the world I live in. I figure women would only find that interesting. And probably the only people who would know who, he's, who he is. 40 years old. He died early. That's crazy. Now, again, who thinks they're going to die at 40? I don't. Hopefully he had a will. Hopefully he had an estate plan. Because he was a wealthy dude. He was a fashion forward designer. Dead at age 40. Um, he did things like he dressed Madonna. He dressed Lady Gaga, Naomi Campbell. Like, he was very fashion-forward with his images and his styles. So, segment dedicated to ladies only. Over. Now let's do a segment dedicated to the nerdy, the geeky, the digital. All things digital. Kim Commando. Digital goddess. How are you, Kim? Let's try that again. Let's just pretend this is a live radio show. Is Kim there? Wow, maybe she hung up. Maybe she got mad. Maybe she got angry. Maybe she knew Alexander McQueen, and when she found out he was found dead at age 40, maybe she got upset and just fled the scene. It's a possibility. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Speaking of all things digital, let's talk a little Apple. I got a developers conference going on right now. I think we all know about the iPad. Worst name product of all time. Creates too many images of women in that time of month. But we're going to see more iPads. We're going to see more what they got in mind for it. Apple's talking today, for instance, about moving the cost of television shows to a buck. Half of its charge that typical they charge on iTunes. They want to make it cheaper. Why do they want to do it? Because they want the iPad to be a, a video device. They really do. So we'll see if they're able to pull this off. Reducing the cost of video programming would ignite sales in theory. For instance, on one hand, the book publishing world is now going to turn e-digital books from nine ninety nine to about fifteen bucks, and suddenly buying that three hundred forty dollar piece of hardware really makes you second guess the the, the the cost sensitivity of it. Some television networks agreed to lower the price for television shows down to a dollar. Um, declining DVD sales, cut rate rental services like Redbox that offer rental DVDs for a buck. So Apple's got to get to that dollar price point to really make media work on all their devices. Now let's go back to Kim Commando. Yay! Yay! <laughs> 21st century, and we can't even connect on the telephone. <laughs> it's all this high tech stuff gets you every time. It is all the high tech stuff. So what do you think about Apple? Um, they're going to be lowering their television shows down to a dollar, trying to ignite sales of their devices. Oh well, yeah, I think that's. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a fabulous idea. I mean, if you think about what iTunes did, it totally revolutionized the way that we purchase music. I think they ruined music too, Kim. I mean, what way? Just as far as the quality? Um, I remember buying albums and buying CDs and, and getting that track eight that never hit the radio being my favorite song and <laughs> playing it for the chicks and going, this is the best Pearl Jam song. Um, that's gone because now you just buy the, the, the radio hits. Oh, I thought maybe you meant because the chicks are gone. Well, that they're gone too. <laughs> it, they left a long time ago. Oh man, sorry. I hate when that happens. Anyway. Well, you can you can sample the other tracks um, online. Obviously, when you go to to look at whatever the CD or whatever the album may be that you want to look at, but it's um. But I think it's it's phenomenal being able to just buy the one song that you like and not be stuck with a CD that you only like two or three hits on it. Okay, and I say I say I disagree. I think the music industry's worse off for it because they push one hit wonders. Um, and not they don't put they don't the album money made more money for the record executives and it gave them more chance to to 
experiment. Like Lyle Lovett. I loved Lyle Lovett. He wouldn't, he wouldn't survive in today's musical age. No. So anyway, no. I totally digress. Let's go to your topic. Well, the toy show is happening starting this weekend in New York, the International Toy Fair. Okay. And one of the, the really cool gadgets that caught my attention, as I got a little preview of what's going to be announced, is that uh, Santa – well, let me – I have to back up. Santa – do you know Santa gets product reviews sometimes? And at least he does in my household. Okay. And so Santa delivered um, around Christmas time a product that he was reviewing called the Rovio. And the Rovio is this little tank that goes throughout your house. And it's a toy for children. It's about $300. And the kids wear glasses so they can see exactly where the tank is going throughout the house. Okay. And it also has an earpiece. So this way the kids can hear everything that's happening as this little robotic, looks like a little vacuum cleaner is going throughout the house. Well, at the toy fair, they're taking all these spy gadgets just a whole bunch of steps further. Like, for example, there's a, a company that is uh, announcing this new uh, iSpy type of gear. It's called the Spy Video Tracker. And it, what it does is it goes throughout the house. And it's also Wi-Fi enabled, so it's connected to the Internet. And so, like, for example, little Johnny can make this tracker go into his sister's um, bedroom and take a picture of her texting instead of doing our homework. And then the kid can make this little robotic thing go into the family room and actually say to the parents over the Internet while he's sitting in his bedroom, look, Mom and Dad, Susie's not doing her homework. She's texting. Cool. I love it. <laughs> I think it's awesome. You can also program this thing. So like at 10 o'clock in the morning, every day it would come out of its little cradle because it knows, by the way, to go back into its cradle when it needs to be recharged and go throughout the house. And then you can be sitting there at work and see exactly what the dog and cats are doing. Now, if you think about this type of technology, maybe 10 years ago, if the government wanted some type of surveillance, Internet-enabled cam like this, they would have paid how much for it, do you think? I would guess Hundreds of thousands. This bad boy, $120. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's a great bargain. Um, they're saying it might be a little bit, from what I read about it, some analysts are saying, well, you know, I don't know if people are going to spend that type of money for a toy. Well, 120 bucks, I think, is actually fairly reasonable if this is the type of thing that the kid actually wants. And also, it gets them away from the quote-unquote video screen, and maybe there's some interaction that's going on. Um, also, at the Toy Fair is that you've got Crayola crayons. They're coming out with some new products, and it's uh, in their larger boxes of crayons that lets the kids upload the creations to a website and then they can turn these into characters they can create storylines then they can write these stories about themselves they can print the story out they can color it see what's really cool is that now the toys are not just the screen time but now they're now the toys are trying to be screened but also maybe with some interactivity right and that's a that's a pretty cool 21st century thing but it's also i kind of miss my my crayola so to speak and just do you i do my what dog. was your favorite toy growing up Favorite, favorite toy? I was big into science fiction, so I, I liked Space 1999 things. Oh, did you? Yeah, which doesn't make sense. I didn't really like Star Trek. I didn't really like Star Wars. I was the weirdo on the block <laughs> of like Space 1999. What did you think about kids who like dinosaurs? I love dinosaurs. Oh, did you? See, I just thought kids like dinosaurs. There's always something wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a quick uh, Crayola story. What? My dog ate my Crayolas. Um, shocked me. And uh, the poo was uh, very colorful for quite a while. <laughs> Your body doesn't break that stuff down, Kim. No, it's wax. Okay, back to the Rovio. This, yeah, could, so, this, this could ruin marriages. You know, when I brought it home, my husband looked at me and he said, really good idea. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> 
But, um, yeah, this little bad boy be running all around the house. But they do show it, it as an example that you could be having a, a conference call. Or let's say the boss is out of town. He's sitting there on a beach in Maui, and you're slaving away at the studios there in San Francisco, is that he could have this little guy going all throughout the offices, and he'd come into the studio and say, hey, guys, how's everybody doing? Just, you know, just checking in from Maui. And then he'd roll himself out of this and then go into the next room or wherever he could do. If we could get a soul inside these boxes, it would be a little bit more intriguing. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you watch the show Caprica on Sci-Fi? No, I don't. I've just started watching it. It's a pretty uh, interesting show. But speaking of Sci-Fi, Google is working on something that's really interesting. That uh, what was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Really? And um, well, it's kind of like that. It's called the Babblefish. I, mean, I don't know if you remember that. It was the Universal Translator in there. Yeah. And Google is working on some new technology that you'd probably be jazzed about. Is that it's instantaneous speech translation. So there are over 6,000 languages in the world. But Google is just a couple of years away from us having a conversation and instantaneously my voice, my language, my speech would be interpreted into one of, say, at least 52 languages right off the bat. So you would hear instantaneously from English to Spanish to Chinese to Swahili or whatever it may be. Okay. And they're going to put that as an app on the smartphone. It seems like we would have the the processing power to do that soon, if not now. Well, it's voice recognition technology, and it's a little bit difficult to do um, speech-to-speech. And speech-to-text is obviously a lot easier. You've got all these free translation sites on the Internet. As a matter of fact, the BBC has this whole site that's dedicated to learning a foreign language if anybody was interested in doing that for free. Um, but anyway, the, uh, but that should be coming in the next couple of years. I'm pretty excited about that. The amount of stuff that's in your head scares me. Why? Because you're, you're very fluid at changing topics and, and going in and out and then dropping a bomb like, oh, by the way, the BBC's got a website where you can learn any language. <laughs> That's pretty... It's, it's like multitasking on steroids. <laughs> I've, I've only got like four thoughts in my head and I have to clear them out every morning. <laughs> okay. Today we got to do a show. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Kim. Oh, anytime. You betcha. You can find Kim Commando and the Rovio. She'll be talking about R-O-V-I-O. Um, Sundays from 1 to 3. Sundays from 1 to 3. In fact, I heard part of her show this weekend myself. Anyhow, anyway, um, Kim Commando. Coming up a little later in the show, i got Linda Descato. Going to be talking about women. Women and money. Women issues. 8 million female-owned businesses in America today compared to 400,000 in 1972. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. A lot of times you think that I'm just sitting there digging the music, but I'm actually trying to find content and, and put together a good show for you on the fly. I really am. It's, that's my angle. And for instance, this is my long segment. So you have a long time to call in. It's basically 20 straight minutes. You can call in 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I tried to do a serious topic today, but that didn't work. Will California recover? There's a great story in the New York Times all about that, saying that our schools stink. We get 60% of our workers, our smart workers, from foreign, uh, for, from different countries. And it's easier for them to go back to their own countries now than for having a family here and sending their kids to a, a, a stinky school or living in an overpriced home. So we've got some 
big problems. Our next big thing, green technology, is very government-funded driven and not very profit-driven. It's, it's very much so hard labor work. So there's not a lot there. Venture capital funding's down. IPOs are down. I don't think it looks glorious in any way, shape, or form. I live in the Bay Area, and I love the Bay Area, but I don't think our future looks bright. Not bright enough to wear sunglasses, at least. Yonk, yonk, yonk. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Now, one of the big stories that's driving the market right now is the country, Greece. Greece and Europe. Now, the EU, European Union, they got together many, many years ago. And basically, Greece used to have their own currency, and France used to have their own currency, and Germany used to have their own currency. And these are countries that have been around for thousands of years. Now, today, they're starting to band together, try to fight the dollar, fight America. Try to put one big economy together there, like we've got one big economy here. European leaders are facing a crucial test right now, because this is the first test of the European Union. So there's... Frankie Valley. God. I may be lacking testosterone because every time Grease comes on, I dig it. I get into it. Olivia Newton-John. She was so fresh-faced. Beautiful. You know John Travolta took lower pay on the movie Grease so he can get rights to the soundtrack? You know why he flies a big 747? Rights to the soundtrack of Grease. He is a smart businessman. Okay, so the European Union now, they're, they're trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do with Greece? Greece has gotten crazy debt. They've hidden their debt. They're part of the Union, and they've got to you know, cut their deficit. And in the United States, do you know what it's like cutting our deficit? We won't do it. No chance, no way. Schwarzenegger spends more money every single year, right? Our government, federal government, spends money more money every single year. Just the idea of cutting spending, I don't know. Like, congressmen have never met a dollar they didn't want to spend. So it's going to be tough for Greece. Finance ministers for the European Union are, are angry. You know, Germany, for instance. Germany's famous for one thing. No, 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 not killing Jews. It's not what I was thinking. Germany's famous for incredibly tough labor conditions. They are able to beat their citizens and say, go to the factory, Hans, because every German should be named Hans, in my, my opinion. Go to the factory, Hans, and make widgets and we'll pay you one dollar the germany's famous for you know basically screw the unions screw your rights work your butt off france not so much portugal not so much god i I had a tough time finding a bank that was open in portugal every day of the week i was having problems finding the open bank it's it's siesta time which is pretty cool you know let's go home and take a nap i love naps don't you love naps Naps are God. If there is a God, I think he would look like a nap. Anyway, um, so Greece has got this huge problem. The Greece, Greek government, um, they haven't really requested financial support at this point in time, but they're part of that 27-country European Union national leaders thing. So Germany is a totally different ball of wax than France, and France is a totally different ball of wax than Greece, and Greece is a totally different ball of wax than Spain. Greece won't be left alone. European Union is going to bail them out. Think of it a lot like the United States. They have to. They have to. They've got no choice. It would be like if if uh, if Florida failed or California. Our government will print money to bail us out. I'm positive of that. 
I'm definitively positive of that. I do not think California goes bankrupt. I think we weaken our currency down the road to bail out California. Uh, long story short, that's what's happening. So Greece uh, defaulting on some debt has started to send the euro weaker. And I'm not going to say I told you so, but I told you so. I told you the dollar was going to get stronger this year. I told you the, the euro would get weaker. Money tends to move in trends. It's very trend moving. So I, I think that continues. So right now, I love Total, big oil French company. I love Petrobras, but I really, really love ExxonMobil. Last year, I flip-flopped. So it's just to me, like, conditions are a little different. So I have to, you know, go with that. I have to honor that. Let's talk a little bit of love. I've always said what the world needs now is not another love song. Valentine's Day is coming around. And marriage is... Destroyed by money. Get destroyed by money. So candy hearts and long stem roses. I've never really liked roses. I've always thought they're a, a very unattractive flower. <laughs> I didn't know she was actually going to get this. Who doesn't love a little Neil Diamond? I come through the door at the end of the day. I remember when. You couldn't wait to love me. You used to hate me. I get weepy hearing this. I'm a big romantic. My heart's huge. You know, I once had an EKG where the doctor said, You've got a huge heart. I think I got a baboon heart in me or something weird. Okay, okay, enough sappy love songs. So, um, Valentine's Day. Here's something that you should really, if you want to be passionate with your woman, you got to get the money thing fixed. I think you need to think like a, a Wall Street pro. If you both make $50,000 a year, you both save 3% of your salary. You should save more. You should save 5%, 10%. Money will solve all problems down the road. If your company gives you a 401k match, take advantage of it. First thing in a relationship you got to do is what I refer to is you kind of get naked. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. You got to. If you've got a relationship where you're exchanging fluids, you got to get honest with that person about money. Because you're in a serious relationship. And if you're, if you're married and you got a kid, you got to be hardcore about this. It's time to come clean. When you have children involved, you got to come clean. So you got to show each other your credit report. I know. I know that's like, that stinks, right? But it, it helps enormously if, if you're honest. I once dated a girl, Juliet. Fantastic woman, fantastic woman, and uh, I was starting a business, and she was starting a business, and she was she was a graphic designer, so she had a lot of side projects. I was funding my business, and all all she wanted to do was sit on the couch and eat corn chips. That's all she wanted to do, and yet what I, I tried to get her to a movie, I tried to get her to dinner, I tried to you know get the romantic, sexy time vacations. Um, I did. I tried too hard. We weren't communicating on on how we spend our money. As a couple, um, she just wanted it simple. So she was fine sitting home, you know, drawn. So that's, that's a good day for her. For me, I tried too hard. So I didn't really show her who I was internally. Um, I was insecure. I thought, you know, money bought love. Money doesn't buy love. I think you really, really have to show each other your portfolios. and You got to talk about your parents. That's a great way of talking about money is so it doesn't get sore. Like if she's wearing $400 Manola Blahniks. 
you're going to freak the hell out when you see her credit card is my guess. So you need to see the credit report. You need to start talking about it. But the best way to do that is instead of freaking out, like I just said, is talk about your parents. For instance, my dad, he died with $60,000 credit card debt. My mother never knew it. My dad hid $60,000 of credit card debt for my mother. Isn't that shameful? My dad forgot to sign a life insurance policy. You know, I told you that he was he died of cancer. They said, you got six months left to live. With five months left to live, he forgot to sign a life insurance policy. So it really helps if like, you can disclose money issues. If you don't treat your wife as if she's a financial monkey, trust her, show her where things are. She's pretty damn competent, I assure you that. In May 2006, President Bush signed a $70 billion tax cut provision that changed the eligibility rules for Roth conversion. Starting in 2010, savers with higher incomes could take advantage of the Roth conversion and spread the taxes over 2011-2012. That's a good idea. That's a smart money decision. And husbands, when you talk to your wife like they're smart about money, it comes back to you tenfold. It comes back to you tenfold in other ways. You talk to them like they don't know anything, it's going to be a hurtful relationship. So, and once you're hurt, it's so tough. It's tough to get excited about each other. It's tough to be on top of each other. Um, there's a couple good websites that I think all couples should should share. I know this is tough. This is tough, especially if you've got a restaurant habit. This is tough if you've got to stop by the, the bar on the way home and have a couple drinks and, and tell the wife that, you know, you had to stay longer at work. But you should use Mint.com. You should use JustThrive.com. I've, I'm becoming a big fan of Just Thrive. Um, there's another website out there that I think is really, really nice. It's called Brightscope. And um, it's spelled just like you think, bright. Like, hey, it's bright outside. Scope, like telescope. So it's Brightscope.com. And what it does is it'll like look through your 401k and it'll look through uh, where you are and it'll give you a report for free. Now, there's some add-on services that you could pay for. Morningstar.com does something very similar to it. But it's a good way for couples to sit down and say, hey, this is what someone outside of our relationship is thinking about our savings. To have an outside party like justthrive.com. You basically punch in your age, your income, how much you've saved, your emergency fund how old you are, what your goals are. Are you going to have kids and send them to college, what the cost might be? Did you buy a new car? Did you buy an old car? At the end of all this process, and it takes a damn amount of time, Just Thrive spits out, that's my, my spit sound effect. I know you're saying, that sounds expensive. Did you pay big money for that? I did, I did. Um, so it spits out a, a number for you. And we are a nation of, we love numbers, right? We know that a 92 is, it's an okay, eh? It would, it would like to be in the 94 to 97 range for the A's, but 92 is just fine. Anyway, justthrive.com, brightscope.com, morningstar.com, link, uh, mint.com. It, 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 it's that third party that's going to be honest with you, so you don't have to be honest with each other if you've got problems communicating. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.